Hey, great friends. What's going on? It's Wednesday afternoon. A lot to get to. I know my phone started blowing up this morning before 6 a.m. with everybody asking me about the reports about my boy Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, being fired. I will talk about that right off the top, so hang with me. Um, we'll get right to it. Okay, let me have a minute here, though, to mention our great partners. I'll start off with Seven Mile Casino. You know their website is sevenmilecasino.com. I always tell you they've got the best of the best in all of San Diego County. Here's why. If you wanted to go out to a casino to play cards or be in a casino environment, you got to go all the way out to East County. You got a lot of schlepping to do. You got some dangerous, windy roads, a lot of dark stuff going on. In many of these places, you can't have any drinks because, you know, because of the roads. Seven Mile Casino is so conveniently located seven minutes south of downtown San Diego. It's right off the five freeway at Bay Boulevard. Parking is easy and free. It's a smoke-free environment, amazing food, blackjack poker and other table games, not a big hotel, not some concert venue, not a wannabe pool scene like Vegas, just a place to play cards, have a great drink, have a great meal, and an incredible location. Seven minutes south of downtown San Diego. Check them out. Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. Okay, let me thank you, our friends at PrizePix. PrizePix.com slash great friends. PrizePix.com slash great friends. You know the story by now, right? They will match your first deposit 100% up to $100. So if you've not yet played PrizePix, you go to PrizePix.com slash great friends. You put in $100. They put in $100. You have $200 to play. And all of a sudden last week, I rebuilt my bank because I went three for three. And I have been saving the money. I am not. Last night, I was going to play some NBA. I did not. Um, Alex, I know you were talking about playing Australian professional basketball. I'm not doing that. I'm saving my bank for the divisional round of the playoffs and the four games that are coming this weekend. So get to prizepicks.com slash great friends. Make that first deposit. Let them match it. Let them double your money and get in the game. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. Let me thank these guys right here. Athletic Greens, AG1. Today is day 10 of my 30-day challenge. What I'm trying to do is this. I'm trying to make sure that I take my athletic greens every day because I don't take vitamins. Um, I used to, but I don't anymore because you get everything in the AG1. 75 vitamins, minerals, nutrients, probiotics, all kinds of superfoods, everything in one packet. So when you buy through us, you get the five free packets, the travel packets, and you get the one-year supply of vitamin D. So check them out, athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan. It'll cost you less than a cup of coffee every day, and I can guarantee it's a whole lot better for you athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan. And lastly, speaking of greens, how about our friends at Tory Holistics and California Holistics? Check them out because now, and it's been this way for a long time, they've been great partners. When you buy um, at, at, at Tory Holistics or at California Holistics, whether you're in the shop or you get it for home delivery, if you use our promo code BETTERBUD, you save 20% when you spend $75 or more. It's really simple. You walk in the store, you're like, oh, I have a promo code. They say, oh, really, what is it? You go, well, I'm a Kaplan and crew listener or viewer. And it's better, bud. And they just put it in 20% savings right there. And that's going to be healthy savings. I can promise you that. Better, bud at Tory Holistics and California Holistics. All right. Lots to get to. A controversial story. It's kind of related to the show. You're as emotionally invested as I am. So let's get to it. Hey, great friends. What's going on? Today is Wednesday. It is January 17th. 
This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. And we are in the 7 Mile Casino Studios, 7milecasino.com. For those of you that are watching on YouTube or on TV, Alex will put up that QR code in the bottom left corner of the screen. You can use your phone, click that QR code, and you'll get all the information you want about 7 Mile Casino. But for those of you that are listening on radio, I would always encourage you, go to 7milecasino.com and check out what they're all about. Blackjack, poker, table games, Great drinks, great food, smoke-free environment, and the best location of anybody in San Diego, just seven minutes south of downtown San Diego. Parking's free. It's easy. You're not going to walk in and have to cough your lungs out because of the smoke. You're going to love it. You're going to be a winner at 7 Mile Casino and 7milecasino.com. Okay, I'm jumping right in because I think we're going to have a lot of viewers today and a lot of listeners today that are not in San Diego, Orange County, or Los Angeles, or anywhere in the central coast of Southern California. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of listeners and viewers today that are going to be checking in, believe it or not, from Cleveland, Ohio. Because at about six o'clock this morning, my phone starts buzzing like a mofo with people going, are you kidding me? WTF, what is going on? Why would the Cleveland Browns a team that just made the playoffs and by far overachieved. Why would the Cleveland Browns fire their offensive coordinator and other offensive assistant coaches? They just turned a tight end into one of the, one of the premier players at his position and they fired the position coach. Why would they take an offensive coordinator that by the way, was not credited as the play caller. Why would they take an offensive coordinator who had to deal with four quarterbacks who won games and a fifth quarterback who started the last game of the season, which was just purely sacrificed by the organization. Why would they take a, a, an offensive coordinator who had five different quarterbacks, had 25 different combinations of offensive line? I'm exaggerating, but you understand the point is there were a lot of injuries. And they lost the number one running back on their team, and a lot of people consider him the best running back in all of football. Why would they fire the coordinator, the running backs coach, the tight ends coach? Why would they fire these offensive assistant coaches? Why would they do such a thing when, by the way, um, it's not like when the Chargers got beaten down by the Raiders and the Charger ownership was like, okay, that's it. Can't take it anymore. Complete humiliation. The Cleveland Browns far, far, far exceeded expectations this year, given all the injuries on the offensive side of the football. And by the way, one other thing. Um, when they lost to the Houston Texans in the playoffs, you can blame Joe Flacco for throwing two pick sixes in the second half in what was a close game. But really, look at the defensive side of the ball. Horrendous, awful, no pass rush, no pass coverage, and wide open receivers running through the secondary and C.J. Stroud, a 22-year-old rookie, having his way. So why would they fire these offensive assistants? And I can just tell you this, for everybody that's watching and everybody that's listening today in Cleveland, Ohio, because you know that me and Van Pelt were roommates in college and you assume that I've got the inside scoop on this whole thing. Let me tell you guys something. I'll make it real simple from the very beginning and then we can dig in. You know why the Cleveland Browns fire an offensive coordinator and offensive assistant coaches? You want to know why they do stuff like this after a playoff season where they overachieved? It's real simple. Because the Cleveland Browns are the San Diego Chargers of the East. Because the Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. 
You can tell me that they changed the culture. You can show me the stats of what they've done the last few years, but the Browns are still the Browns, and they do stupid-ass stuff when you've got terrible ownership. In fact, what makes the Browns different from the Pittsburgh Steelers is consistency. You don't fire coaches when you've got this kind of a staff and you've had this sort of success. You're building. Now you're starting over. And uh, you do stuff like this because organizationally, you've always been terrible and you continue to be terrible. And by the way, I'll say one other thing here. Ownership of the Cleveland Browns is generally regarded around the NFL as being the worst or at least the second worst ownership in all of the NFL. And I would say right now, most other NFL owners consider the Browns ownership to be the worst because of what they did with Deshaun Watson. That fully guaranteed contract screwed up so much for everybody else around the league. And what have they gotten out of Deshaun Watson? Literally, literally zero. They For, for the investment that they've made in Deshaun Watson, they've gotten zero from that guy. And that, by the way, that right there, the signing of Deshaun Watson, the guaranteed money, and the complete lack of production, that, my friend, is why coaches get fired. Grande, brown man, good afternoon, and welcome to all of our new listeners and viewers in Cleveland, Ohio, yes. who want more information on this story. I'll say to all those new listeners of Cleveland, Ohio, uh, I and Browner have been welcomed to your miserable hellhole for the past two seasons, having to pay attention to Browns football because of the man on the lower screen. So I, for one, hope that his old roommate goes to a team that we actually care about because I couldn't have cared less about the Cleveland Browns football situation heading into two years ago. And now after today, I don't have to worry about it anymore. So shout out to y'all Cleveland Browns fans. We got to experience a bit of what it's like to be a Browns fan, at least what it's like to pay attention to that team, first mm -hmm. of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I have one simple statement. I don't need to know why would the Browns do such a thing. I don't care. I want to know why did they do such a thing? Because you know why, and you aren't telling us why. You're beating around the bush why. And if Browner and everybody here listening doesn't already know that you didn't talk to AVP this morning, and you haven't been texting them all day, then we just haven't been paying attention and you're going to lie to us straight to our face. You know exactly what happened. You've talked to the man, guaranteed, and I don't think that you should play with us. I think you should <laughs> not blue balls us and you should just get to the point. Uh huh. That's what uh -huh. I think, JP. Uh -huh. Listen, the problem with... Scott will always tell you the answer. If you listen, he's like one of these detective shows that think they're smarter than everybody else. So they put the actual crime on the first episode and hope that you missed that you missed the killer. Yeah. I but love when they do that. I they'll love put it in the that. credits. Yeah, this is how the show like, ends. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're going to get to it eventually. He just did that unknowingly knowing he did that. And I hope you people out there heard it in Cleveland. I hope anyone who hears this podcast, you heard, you just heard why they fired him. He just told you, play it back. You ain't got to listen. You ain't got to take my word for it. Play it back. Listen to what he just said. Because I was about to get after him. Because okay, I know well, to him. And I know I missed you know it. the reason. But now I I'll, know. I know the reason. Browner, I, let's just, I'll play, I'll play, was it Devil's Advocate? 
I missed it. And I'm sure a lot of people missed it. So what happened? What did he say? What did oh, we miss? <laughs> he slid in there. You know, he's like a jab. Sometimes a jab can knock you out if you ain't paying attention. You don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. When, I'm, when I'm blindside jabs, you know, you're already swollen. One more punch to that eye, you're going to lay down. Let's do a little Deshaun Watson in there. If you were listening, he said, this is what happens when you sign a guy like Deshaun Watson. Not Deshaun Watson, the individual, but everything that comes with Deshaun Watson. Mm. And then you don't win as a result. Somebody's got to pay. It's somebody, somebody, somebody got to, you know, get a pink slip. Somebody. Somebody. Because I'm listening. Okay. Capital J with the journalism down here. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, I'm today listening. you're today you're 100% journalist, dude. Because no, you when when you oh, yeah, speak, yes, you is. when you don't have sources and you speak to the source mm-hmm. right, of journalism. the story, that's mm-hmm. journalism right there, man. Mm-hmm. Because it's still, by the way, as we sit here today, mm-hmm. the Browns haven't released a press release. Mm-hmm. Nothing. By the way, a lot of tweets still say AVP under contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So you can really put the big J hat on. Mm-hmm. Put that we got to get him a hat with a J. That, we got to get press, him a hat with a J. Put that press <laughs> credential around your neck. Mm-hmm. And it. let's get to work here, big dog. Because mm-hmm. he Browner heard Deshaun Watson. I I heard that too. But you also talked about ownership and how and you called them the Spanos of the East. Mm-hmm. So immediately I go to, well, yeah, they're cheap and they're broke too. Because I think the Haslam family, I believe, like the Spanos, this is their primary source of income, correct? Um, I have to look back on what it is that Jim Haslam did to make all this money, but I, there is. Yeah. And I, and I also, there he is some, still be under investigation, by the way. Yeah. What was he under investigation for? I don't remember exactly. I'm going to, I'll Google it. I'll look it up. I don't remember exactly what it was. Maybe you could do that, Browner, because while we say it, we should probably know what we're talking about. Yeah, but talk amongst yourselves. But um, so let's not waste any time, Scott. Okay. Quick. What would you like to know? Uh, did you talk to Alex this morning? Answer negative. False. Did you, did by the way, I know that's false, and I don't even want to throw you under the bus, but I know that's false because we were in a meeting this morning, and you're like, oh, I got to go take this call. I wonder who that was from. Well, uh, I didn't say who it was from. Uh, yeah, you, you don't did. have to. <laughs> yeah, you did. So, okay, you didn't talk to, you didn't talk to Alex. Did you text Alex this morning? Let me just tell you guys this. Yeah. When the Browns lost to the Texans, yes. now, put it this way. Had the Browns beaten the Texans, I would have already have texted him before he even got into the locker room. And when he got into the locker room, he would have, you know, at some point checked his phone and he would have seen a text from his dad, from me, from his wife, from his kids, you know, from his other closest pals. I mean, I'm sure that on a win, everybody that was close would have texted. But when when the team loses, especially when the season comes to an end, he was under federal investigation investigation for bribery. What do you t- tell us what you're reading, Browner? And then I'll get back to where I was. Go ahead. Tell us okay. what you're reading. So, according to NBC Sports, a federal prosecutors, federal prosecutors are investigating an allegation that Jimmy has attempted to bribe pilot inve- executives. So this is like a Jimmy Buffett company. So Jimmy Buffett basically stick the feds on him Jimmy for Buffett. trying to uh yep, bribe some executives at one of Jimmy Buffett's companies. Well, hold on. Jimmy Buffett is dead. And it, are I'm you sorry, saying Warren Buffett? My bad, Jesus my bad, my Christ, bad. man. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. They all look the same, man. They all, they all, really, all the white people look the same? The old rich ones do. What about the dead ones? How about the dead ones versus the old ones? Do they look the man, same, listen, Jimmy Buffett? Their Warren pictures Buffett? don't change, man. Yeah. Over time, they all look, look at the, look at the pictures. They all look the same. There, there was an investigation. I don't. It, Browner's reading it to us. I, I don't really know who, what it was about, but there was an investigation uh, about the owner of the Browns, and and it was related to some Warren Buffett type companies. Um, I'll correct myself too. Jimmy yeah. Buffett owns a chain of truck stops called. Um, pilot flying j truck there stops he also go. owns the columbus crew of mls and he just bought that and by the way they just won the mls cup this year so. this is warren buffett not jimmy buffett right this is jimmy haslam and also uh <laughs> we're now totally confused i was correcting myself while correct while browner corrects himself i said that haslam this is his primary source of income mm -hmm. haslam owns a chain of truck stops. He owns the Browns. He owns the crew. And as of 2023, he also bought a stake in the Bucks, okay. the Milwaukee Bucks. Got it. Got it. So there was some bribery accusation. Yeah. Uh, okay. So look, um, you know, for those of you that are in Cleveland that are now watching and listening, you got to understand something. We've been killing the Chargers around here forever because of their ownership. We killed them when they were in San Diego. We kill them now that they're in L.A. Uh, we receive a lot of the other side of it, which is, you know, I've had this opinion that Jim Harbaugh is going back to Michigan and the few Charger trolls that are out there. They just come after me on Twitter and they say things like when Harbaugh takes the Charger job, we are going to light you up. And I don't know if they mean like they're literally going to try and like burn me down or if they are just going to continue to pound on me on Twitter. Either way, I could give a rat's ass. But mm. um, let's go back to this story. Yes. So so listen, if if the Browns would have beaten the Texans in the playoffs, I would have immediately texted my boy Van Pelt and I would have been like, yo, man, great job. Way to go coach the whole thing. They lose. So it's a Saturday game. I don't text him until Monday. Hey, man, check in on you. Because mm -hmm. I got to give him time to chill. You know, I got to give him time to come down from not just the game and the result, but the season. So when you ask me, um, have I spoken to him? I can tell you this. The reports from Josina Anderson were out on social media and were out on the street long before I was told i mean nobody called me or texted me and said hey man you're not going to believe this but i you know just got fired not at all not at all but here's what i will tell you um if you look at van pelt's history and i'll use green bay as an example van pelt got fired by mike mccarthy when he was the quarterbacks coach of the green bay packers because aaron rodgers and van pelt were like this they were super super close McCarthy did not like that. McCarthy did not like the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to talk to him. He wanted to talk to Van Pelt and everything had to go through Van Pelt. McCarthy didn't like that. McCarthy fired him. I can tell you this about Alex and Stefanski would back me up on this. Alex was the heart and soul of their coaching staff, meaning that like everybody kind of came to him. So like when we were there for that Jacksonville game, when the game was over, he had this tailgate party in the coaches players parking lot. And he said, this is Alex saying that was the biggest tailgate party they ever had where more players were starting to come. He is part of a culture. He's part of creating a culture. 
That's who he was as our college quarterback. That's who he is as an offensive coordinator. By the way, that's who he was when he was the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, he was the glue guy. Mm -hmm. And that's what his personality is. And by the time the Browns finished their regular season in Cleveland, Flacco was coming to the party. Flacco's family was coming to the party. All the offensive linemen. My son was doing shots of tequila in the parking lot with Njoku after that Jacksonville game because the players were now all starting to get it. It takes a family. And Alex spreads that vibe. Okay, that's who he is as a coach. It's who he was as a player. So you ask me, have I spoken to him yet? And my answer is no. But, but, mm. you're not buying that, are you? Mm. Come on, buddy. Let's move on from that lie. Let's keep yeah, going. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. But I'll tell come you on. this. You ain't got to be Barbara Walters to see that lie. Okay. Come on, buddy. When your best pal is the offensive coordinator of a team and you go to the games and you hang out with the coaches after the game and you get to know people in the organization and people know what I do, don't you think that I was talking to other people inside the Cleveland Browns today? No. Oh, you don't? No. I oh. think you were consoling your friend because that's oh, what yeah. good friends do. And I do mm -hmm. consider you to be a good friend, and I have seen you operate. So I know you have you have voiced your support for him, and the phone was live to where he could hear it. So I know that it – now, the details may be murky and mm -hmm. unclear, but I know because I know, so you, for the... know that you have spoken to him. Mm-hmm. I can't roll my eyes anymore. So I'll just say this for the purposes of this, um, whatever exercise. we're doing exercise, mm -hmm. let's just say you didn't talk to him and you okay. talked to other people in the organization. Right. And yet you so, just rolled your eyes again. I tried to not, but it's hard not to. It's like a fruit roll up, man. It's, 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 it's just got to unwind it all. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. It's like a fruit roll up. What? I'm rolling my eyes, dog. Okay. Yeah. And what? tell us enough with this, like, 18 minutes of just BS. Just tell us already. Spit well, it out. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, okay, I'll tell you this. You ready? That why would a Cleveland like why did not why would why did the Cleveland Browns fire not just Alex but the running backs coach, the tight ends coach? Why did they fire three coaches on a very successful side of the ball like that on, on, with five quarterbacks? Why would they do that? Why because they they're that? because they are the Cleveland Browns because they are a crappy organization because their ownership is terrible, because mm -hmm. their owner is a guy who, as Browner points out, um, may be a billionaire, but um, you don't get to be a billionaire by doing everything necessarily by the book. And the next thing so, you know, there so are the accusations. Owner, so the owner fired them, not Stefanski. That's a great question. Here, here's what the owner did. The owner looked at the head coach and said, so you're the play caller, right? And um, you get all the credit for being this play caller. And hey, coach, let me ask you something. Did I not go out a couple of years ago and get you the best available quarterback? Did I or did I not? Because listen, um, as an owner, not only did I have to give him way more money than we wanted to give him. Remember, I had to guarantee him all that money. And remember this, who did we get rid of at the time? We got rid of a guy that we had drafted number one overall in Baker Mayfield. And guess what? Baker Mayfield is making $10 million and he's down in Tampa and he's moving on to the next round of the playoffs. So let me get this straight, coach. You, uh, we got rid of Baker Mayfield, who is still on a rookie contract. And we are no further ahead 
of where we were when we had Baker Mayfield. And I went out and I got you the best quarterback that money could buy at the time. I guaranteed him this money. My colleagues around the NFL ridiculed me and have given me crap ever since. And we have gotten nothing out of this quarterback. Zero. Mm -hmm. So, so you're the head coach. You're the play caller. I spent all this money on this quarterback. Dude can't stay healthy. Dude has not produced. And you're the guy responsible for it. Well, guess what? Next year, I want Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback that he was in Houston. Because I just watched Houston with a 22-year-old rookie beat us down. And I just watched our former quarterback move on to the next round of the playoffs. You want more? I'll give you more. Stick around. This is Kaplan and crew from the Seven Mile Casino Studios. Hey, great friends. What's cooking? It is Wednesday afternoon. It's Kaplan and crew. Got Grande and the Brown Man. And we come to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. For so many of you guys, you reached out to me early this morning, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, email, text, you name it, you got to me. And I, I'm shocked how many people were immediately talking to me this morning about the story that we've started the show with. And we'll get to lots of other stuff. But my college roommate, Alex Van Pelt, fired today by the Cleveland Browns. So you guys were kind of digging into me a little bit about this. And I'll tell you, you know, um, to me, the first thing I, I would say is, hey, um, it sucks to be fired, right? I mean, it, it hurts to be fired. Um, nobody likes to, uh, to have somebody say to them, you didn't do a good enough job, or we don't like the job you're doing, or we want more from this position, you're fired. What are you talking about? We, we've completely transitioned this franchise, you know? Um, and, and we've gone from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson. We've gotten nothing out of Deshaun Watson. And look how many other quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett, P.J. Walker, um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Joe Flacco. Look at all these quarterbacks we've had to use, and we're an 11-win team, and we're in the postseason. And by the way, the defense is the strength of our team. How could you not love the job that we're doing? And so, yeah, it hurts to get fired. But I'll And I always say this to people, and I remember saying it, rest in peace, John Clayton. When John Clayton came on the air, he used to be a weekly contributor around here. And when John Clayton got fired by ESPN, he was practically crying on the air. John. I know this sucks. I know this is terrible. I know today it feels like the worst day of your life, but I'm telling you something will ultimately happen and you'll look back on it and you'll go, it turned out to be a great thing. When, when we got fired in 2019 by 1090 and the whole station went off the air, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know how I was going to feed my family. I really did not. I thought it was the worst day of my life. Four years later, I can tell you, I'm not saying it was the best day. I'm just saying that things actually got better. And so for my boy Van Pelt, as much as it sucks to have somebody say to you, we don't like the job you did. We want somebody to do it differently or do it better. Guess what? Don't cry. As an NFL assistant coach, they owe him $2 million. He's got one year left on his contract. So, you know, it's not like he's going to have a hard time feeding his family. But moreover, guess what? There's going to be another team that's going to look at the job that he did this past year, and they're going to say, I want that guy, and I want that guy to call our plays and to run our offense. And I'll tell you right now, it might be in Las Vegas. It might be in Pittsburgh. It might be in New York. But you know what? With all this movement of head coaches 
And with all these coaches trying to jockey for position and then trying to build staffs, I promise you this right now, he'll get another job. He'll probably get a promotion. He'll finally be able to call plays and run an offense. And then it will turn into a head coaching opportunity. That's my guess is what's going to happen. I'll tell you another guess. And this is just purely speculation. You know who I think Cleveland's going to wind up going out and hiring? I think they're going to go out and find a guy like Eric Bieniemy. They're going to go, you know what this offense needs? It needs a, an offensive coordinator who really coaches what Deshaun Watson's style is. So we need a we need a coach that understands that style of play. Well, shoot, Eric Bieniemy had Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and he's that style. And I'll tell you something else. Kevin Stefanski, um, this is about saving his ass. This is about saving his ass because – I'll bet you this, I'll bet you next year, Kevin Stefanski's not calling the plays for the Cleveland Browns. I'll bet you next year, ownership says to him, if they haven't already, guess what? Um, you're the play caller. Not anymore. So you hire an offensive coordinator or we'll hire an offensive coordinator and that person calls the plays going forward. See, this is the, this is the, the scapegoating that goes on of coaches in the NFL, especially in crappy organizations like the Cleveland Browns. All right. I just, just, I, I, I could, felt like I was caught up and, and up to date, but like you lost me on, he's going to have his play calling duties removed. 100%. But like, why? Because were they not successful because last year the, with his play calling? Because the owner spent $250 million of guaranteed money on a quarterback. And he his arm not, got hurt. I 100% agree. Let me ask you a question. Why would they fire the running backs coach when their running back busted his, his leg snapped in half? Why like, would they, we all why, saw that. Why would they fire the tight ends coach when David Njoku has now become one of the truly career year? Tight, so you tell me why. Hey, I man, still look. don't get what you're saying. I don't. What, here's what I, I'm saying. You, you've confused me more going into this, like, honestly. Here's what I'm saying to you. You're the owner. Mm -hmm. You spent all this money on this quarterback and you've gotten zero from him. Can we agree that Deshaun Watson has not been successful at all for the yes. Cleveland Browns? Okay. And to the, two, to, the, to, the, to the amount he has been paid, absolutely not. And two things have happened at the same time. CJ Stroud not only became a star in Houston, but the Houston Texans eliminated the Browns from the playoffs. So you saw a young superstar quarterback beat up on your team. And you went and got that quarterback from that franchise. You paid him all this money. Jimmy Haslam, the owner. So he's, he's not, he's scapegoating his own decision on. He Stephansky can't fire himself. Correct. That's exactly right. He he's, he has to find somebody to blame this mess on. And, and, and it is a mess. Make no mistake. The Browns, having Deshaun Watson on a $250 million guaranteed contract and him not being the quarterback of the team going into the playoffs because of lack of production early and injury late, that, that expenditure and lack of production is pissing off that owner. Okay. Okay. So now, so now you, you look at the, the head coach, the head coach is the play caller. The mm -hmm. owner decides, you know what? I don't really think the offense and the play calling is necessarily taking advantage of that quarterback skill set. 
Why did we get better offensively with Joe Flacco than we were with Deshaun Watson? Why? Well, in my opinion, I'm the owner. My opinion is that coach and that coach, the guy calling the plays and the guy designing the offense, those two guys are not coaching this quarterback style of play. And my mm. eggs are in the quarterback mm. basket. So do you understand yep. what I'm getting at? Okay, so this is what I will say about that. Now, I didn't watch a lot of Browns games, but if that's his complaint, okay, okay. Because I just watched a guy play an entire year playing outside of his skill set and trying to do the best that he could, and he didn't really, you know, he didn't set the world on fire. So if the that's thing happened there too. If if that's his bang, if that's his actual complaint, if that's his legit complaint, then he should have fired the head coach. He okay. fired the wrong time people. Out. Okay, time out, time out. Right. So hold on. So if if the owner's complaint is that I spent all this money on this quarterback, and I'm not getting from the quarterback what I expected, because I don't think the offense suits him. And I don't think the calling of the plays suits him. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep my head coach because I don't want to fire him and have to pay him the big money. I'm going to keep him. I'm going to fire the offensive coaching staff. I'm going to say to my head coach, hey, here's the deal. I want an offensive coordinator that runs an offense and, and calls plays that suits Deshaun Watson. Guess what now, Kevin? This is Stefanski. You're still the head coach but you're no longer the play caller. So now I'm going to force you to fire the coordinator because I want a new coordinator who runs a different offense. And by the way, that coordinator calls the plays and I want a new offensive staff to take advantage of Deshaun Watson's skill set. So you watch, you, you watch what's going to happen. Kevin Stefanski will be forced to hire a new offensive coordinator. That's already going to be a done deal. And that new offensive coordinator will bring in his staff of people, running back coach, tight end coach, et cetera. And the offense will be taken from Stefanski and will be handed to a coordinator. And my 99.9% guarantee, little teeny tiny factor for margin of error, Kevin Stefanski will no longer be the play caller of the Browns. Watch it. Okay. So I, I guess then my question would be, if you because he's an offensive coach, am I am I correct? Yeah. So if you bring in somebody else to call the plays and because you don't think this offense catered to the quarterback, you paid a guaranteed contract to. So you're no longer running the head coach's offense. No, you're now you're now saying to the head coach that defensive coordinator runs the defense. That offensive coordinator runs the offense and you're the head coach. You're but the who guy can, who can who can run my offense better than me. Well, it's it's no longer going to be his offense. It's going to be Deshaun Watson's offense. You understand? Did they need to bring, need to bring in uh, the coach from Clemson or the coach <laughs> when he was on the Texans? Because that's when he was good. That's when, it, that's when he looked like magic. Right? Don't you guys get it now? You're, you're nailing it. Oh, Don't you see? Crying. Don't you see that, that the, the owner spent so much money on the quarterback and has gotten so little from him? And then in his analysis, he says, even when he did play, he wasn't who he was in Houston. Well, who do I blame that on? I blame it on the coordinator who built the offense, and I blame it on the coach who's calling the plays. Neither the neither the offense nor the play calling suited our superstar quarterback 
who has our guaranteed contract. And by the way, as long as my money is in that quarterback, that's who I'm going to support. I don't care about these assistant coaches and I don't care about the head coach's ego. I care about the fact that I spent $250 million on a quarterback. And over the course of two seasons, I've gotten this guy to play maybe, I don't know, uh, 15 to 20 games and not be successful at all. So you know what? As long as he's our quarterback, because his contract's guaranteed, I got to find an offense that suits him. And I got to find a play caller that suits his style. The problem is an owner, if that's what he believes, then that person isn't grounded in reality of the NFL. Like you, you brought in a guy who hadn't played in a year and then he didn't play pretty much uh, an entire half of a year because he was suspended by the league. And you expected that guy to come in and, and do what? Like, he hadn't played in over an entire NFL calendar year. What was he going to do? Like, he had what no rap. You, what were you expecting from him? Because you were talking him up like, like he was still a top-five quarterback. Because, now, now this is me. Now you're asking me a question. Now, I'm, I'm yeah. going to answer your question. Yeah. I believe that he is. But any person that takes that long of a period of time off, you're going to need some time to get your body reacclimated to football. You're going to need to get your body reacclimated to the speed of seeing things at the NFL level. And that takes time. And then when you get hurt on top of that, which is not the coach's fault because they didn't tackle you, that then slows the process down of you getting back up to speed. Before he went out, he seemed to be finding a more of a, a, a Deshaun Watson-esque form, and then he got hurt again. So, the and, and then the the circling around, is he hurt or isn't he hurt? Is it a real injury? Is it not? Is he being a baby about it? Like, that. don't forget that that happened too. So the idea that I think he's elite, yes, me, you're asking me, I do. But you can't see that if you're off for a year and some change, then you come back and then you get hurt. It, it, you're just not, it's not going to be there. It needs time. It's been three so, years. It's been three years since Deshaun Watson was the star the of the Houston play. Texans. Right. So he, he didn't play the year that he had then all he the controversy. Suspended. Then he was suspended for half the season. Then he, then he comes back that second half of the season. He's just average. Okay. And then he comes back to start this past year and he's average, average, getting better, getting better, hurt, hurt. gone for the rest of the year. So it's been three years. It's been, you and, just said it yourself, getting better, getting better hurt right so now you've gotten two you've paid him for two full seasons and you've gotten very little from him and you as the ownership who who thinks you know football you as the ownership has has decided the offense doesn't suit his style and the play calling doesn't suit his style so here's what we're going to do we're going to fire the offensive coordinator and the staff we're going to take the play calling duties away from the head coach and we're going to hire a new coordinator. We're going to hire some new offensive coaching assistants. And we're going to have the new offensive coordinator call the plays because that coordinator is going to run an offense and call plays suited to this kid. And hopefully, hopefully he'll stay healthy. By the way, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, I'll say this. If <laughs> um, in regards to uh, what I said about the Padres, spending money doesn't make you a good owner. And this is a prime example. Spending a lot of money doesn't make you a good owner. You can you can only throw so much money at issues. You still got to deal with the person. You still got to deal with the decisions that they make. And whether this move pays off or not, because you're attached to it, Scott, you could hear the anger and frustration, and 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 you can you can sense it. 
Well, I'm only frustrated if, for this reason, Alex. I just want to say this. I'm only frustrated for this reason because I find the firing to be incredibly disrespectful. In other words, you're, Alex was never given the respect that a coach who did what he did this year deserved. When your offensive line is battered, when your best running back is gone, when you've had to play five different quarterbacks and you still win 11 games, and by the way, you revived Flacco's career um, and had the whole city electrified, I just, it, the firing is upsetting. I, but again, I'll just say this. He'll move on. He'll get another job. He'll probably have a chance to be an OC and a play caller. And he'll have success somewhere else. So it'll all work out. The firing part of it is frustrating. By the way, had he been employed by the Browns and three weeks from now, he gets an opportunity to become the Steelers offensive coordinator and play caller. And he decides to leave and go to Pittsburgh. Obviously, I wouldn't be upset. I'm just upset because I feel bad for him because I feel like he's been disrespected. That's all. Right, right. But I'm saying is like if this happens anywhere else, I just and I think we would we would not agree with the move because from the outside looking in, that's so so stupid. But what you've provided today was a reasoning, and whether you agree with the reasoning yeah, or right. not, mm-hmm. I think the owner, if that's true, which it is, the owner has provided his his reasoning, hundred percent, and it makes sense. Right. So it's actually like I. I think it was better for AVP to move on because he can get the opportunity. He can get the opportunity that he's been looking for, which is what we talked about two days ago when I said he should take a lateral move and go to Chicago and be a play caller and Mm -hmm. do his thing. This is a blessing in disguise. And honestly, honestly, you have laid out a reason why I think the move makes sense. I I, I know it does make sense. I mean, because if I, if I'm, if I own an NFL football team and I spent $250 million on a quarterback and my my colleagues ridiculed me because of the contract that I gave him given the controversy, and I'm now pissed that two years into his contract, I've gotten jack squat from the guy, I look at him and I go, you know what? Van Pelt is a disciple of Bill Walsh. I mean, it, he's part. it goes from Bill Walsh to Paul Hackett to Alex Van Pelt. That that's the West Coast offense that Alex knows and runs. And by the way, creative and smart and looks great. Um, but but if you think as an owner, Deshaun Watson's not a West Coast style quarterback. He's like Lamar Jackson. He's like Patrick Mahomes. He's that sort of an athlete. He's that style of player. You know what? We don't Gotta play him around. that way. We play him in a more traditional type of a role. And you know what? I saw him throw a lot of bad interceptions. I saw him get hurt as a result of X, Y, and Z. You know what? I want an offense that is about this quarterback. And by the way, you're going to get it. And then we're going to find out. Is is Deshaun Watson ever going to be the guy that he was in Houston? Or is Deshaun Watson washed? We're going to all find out. And by the way, a year from now, Stefanski will get fired. (laughs) Because that's what the organizations do. That's a given. The ground, the ground works late for him to be fired if he can't call his own plays in his own offense. Well, it's a step Some, one in the firing. Like Eberflus is next yeah. too. It's just that's what Correct. that's what happens. Yeah, Eberflus has four weeks to don't like, don't be two and two, don't be Staley, one and three. Or you're fired. It's done. Staley did it last year. He fired Lombardi and brought in Killer. Like this is what this is a very similar pattern. This is the pattern in call in football. Mm-hmm. You know, this is if what you, happens. In terms for Van Pelt, this is you know in the darkest moments, the brightest blessings come. This is the best thing that could happen to him because he wasn't. He was. We said this on the show. Alex just called to, it and I was going to say it after him. He was never going to get the credit if Deshaun Watson would have come out and put up an MVP year. He would not have gotten the credit for it. Stefanski would have. 
So that he needs to go to a place where the head coach is a defensive guy and they will put the offense at his feet and he can maneuver it and adjust it and massage it to his liking. So it's his vision. It's yep. his fingerprints. Yep. It was never going to be that with Kevin Stefanski. He can now go to the next job with the same in information that we have. Say, hey, man, we have five quarterbacks. Look how many games we won. Look what we did for Joe Flacco's career. DTR. Look, look we, we turned Deshaun Watson around, a guy who hadn't played and a guy who was hurt, to get him to start progressing. You can see him progressing, and then he got hurt again. And then mm -hmm. look what we had to do off the back of that. Mm -hmm. That That's a positive resume. Dude, They're not 0-16. Did like Belichick they, call him yet? Um, no comment. Cause I, yeah, I remember. I remember in season, big dog. I remember that. You no mean, comment. Exactly. I'll say this. I'll say you this. were saying because I'll say this. I'll remind listeners. You can say no comment. Scott told us, and I won't say that he told us directly it was Alex Van Pelt, but Scott told us in like week 13, 14, that Bill Belichick was already trying to assemble his next coaching staff for his next destination. And I wonder why Scott knew that. Well, all I know is this: that what I'm here's my <laughs> throw here's Scott my, under the bus. All show, let's comfortable, do it. <laughs> get comfortable in Carolina, Van Pelt. No, 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 no. Here's my dream. Here's my dream. That's what Bill Belichick going. Yeah, here's here's my dream: the the record setting pit quarterback goes home to Pittsburgh to work for Mike Tomlin no. to run that Steeler offense. No, and no, resurrect. I would never do that. And, and don't do that. What do you mean? Don't do that. Don't do that. I would never go to Pittsburgh. Never write that story. Not with those quarterbacks. No way. No, no. Here's my dream scenario. Jim Harbaugh, Alex Van Pelt, go to LA and turn the Chargers around. Here's my second. Here's my second dream. My second dream would be Alex goes to the Raiders and and Antonio Pierce says, "Here, the offense is yours." All right, stick around. Let's get to a whole bunch of other stuff. I think I've gotten this all off my chest. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. This is Kaplan and crew. Hey, great friends. This is the Cox Halftime Exclusive. This is Kaplan and crew. And the Halftime Exclusive is being brought to us, as always, by our friends at PrizePix. PrizePix.com slash great friends. They match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. And right now, you could turn $10 into $1,000. You just got to know your stuff. You know what I mean? You got to really, really know your stuff. And Browner, I know you like to get exotic on PrizePix. I know you like to get together more than two players. I usually just play three to one. I play two players and a $20 play turns into 60. But now if you take four players, um, they have different categories and different specials where you could turn 10 bucks literally into a thousand dollars. That's my goal. That's always my goal. <laughs> <laughs> that should be everybody's goal. Right. That's why I play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want the big hit. That's exactly. By right. the way, mm. as we spoke of, if you love it and if you love San Diego state, Jaden, the D, 20 and a half and Michael Parrish, 10 and a half. Do what you want with that information. Yeah, we were uh, we were talked to earlier today on the radio about can you use the San Diego State Nevada game tonight and play on prize picks? And the answer is 100 um, percent. They have a full college basketball category. So mm -hmm. uh, Browner with a little update. Very nice. You know what I appreciate more for Jaden Ledee? Tell me. Total rate points, rebounds, assist, 29 and a half. Really? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's pretty damn good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, oh, and uh, by the way, yeah, go ahead. This is go ahead. We, we, I got us. I love the NBA. Mm -hmm. and this is, I, I absolutely love the NBA. It's my favorite sport. I find it to be the most entertaining. Uh, 
it was done a disservice last night. Why? Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokovic. Mm. Nikola Jokovic. 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 Was I listen? The, I went the, out of the my tennis way. player. I would no no <laughs> See, he got he that, we, is that weird Al Jokovic. They're from the same country. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I sat down. I made it a purpose. I had my meal ready. I had a nice little drink ready. I'm finna sit down. I'm finna watch some throwback basketball of the two best bigs, two former MVPs, final MVP, last season MVP. The best two bigs just go at it. We finna have a game. Boy, was I disappointed. Why? Who sat? They didn't guard each other. Oh. Uh, they didn't guard each other. It was one of the most disappointing games I watched the entirety of. Joel Embiid was fantastic. Jokic was great in his way, but the game was a massive letdown because the guys wouldn't guard each other. And I don't know if it was coaching or strategy or whatever it was, but it made the game feel anticlimactic when Aaron Gordon's guarding Embiid and, and, and Tobias Harris was guarding Jokic. And then on defense, they both looked terrible when they should have been guarding each other. They were guarding people who they can't chase around the perimeter. It was it was rough, man. It was a rough watch. Like I said, both guys had great games because they had defensive mismatches. But the fact that when that ball went up, it was, hey, I got you and you got me. Let's see what we got. It was very disappointing mm. for the NBA. And it I, I just it left a bad taste in my mouth after what that you, game. What are you gonna do? I mean, have the NBA call the two coaches and go, hey, these are the two premier big players in the NBA. You know, all the credentials that you said, make sure they play head to head. I mean, you're trying no, to win the game. Who won? The, the, the Sixers won. Oh. To Who me, cares? this is a, a lot of people cared about that. A lot of people, as a person who doesn't watch and who doesn't care who, but but allegedly as a, as a fan of the sport, it's bad for the game if Lakers. the best two players, if the anyway, the best two You're... players don't compete against each other once or twice a year. Like that's bad for the league. You're, big really trade in the league today. Big trade in the league today, by the way. Oh, yeah. What is it? Yeah. Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. Traded to the Indiana Pacers. Okay. A nothing burger. For three first-round picks. Wow. A move, a move of nothing that will result in nothing. Hmm. All right. So hey, good. let me do this. Let me let me talk about one other thing here, though, today. And, and we didn't get to this on radio. And I think it's important to talk about. And I think it probably is most applicable to everybody who's watching on Channel 4 San Diego, Channel 4 Santa Barbara, and everywhere in between on the Cox Your View Network. So this story today, Alex, um, of... Valley Sports, the, the company that aired Padre games mm -hmm. prior to them, like completely shutting down. I want to say it like the midpoint of last season. Maybe it was a little bit later than the midpoint of last season. Yeah, it was early on. I think it was like May. Well, OK, I was just I was just trying to think in my head the uh, the the 33 or so games that we did a Padre pre pregame show for last mm -hmm. year. So the report, I I'm, I'm, was reading a, uh, a tweet from one of the Union Tribune reporters, and perhaps you can put it up on the screen, that Amazon is going to um, acquire a stake in Diamond Sports. Correct. Okay, Correct. explain what you know about this story. So what I know about this story is that uh, Bally's, which is owned by Diamond Sports Group, mm -hmm. they have the rights to, I believe, 11 teams remaining in Major League Baseball. But they only own the digital rights, the streaming rights, to mm -hmm. five of them. Mm -hmm. So what Amazon has come in and done is to help them in their bankruptcy case, is to pay them $125 million 
for those streaming rights to those five teams. Okay. And now I believe if I'm reading it correctly, next season, if you are a fan of the twins, your streaming games, not your cable game, you could still, I believe you could still get it on cable in Minnesota. But mm-hmm. if you are a Twins fan and you want to watch Twins baseball, you can buy the streaming through Amazon. Okay. Well, I don't really necessarily care about the Twins. Um, but what I do care about is the Padres and how people are going to watch the Padres. And if I'm being really transparent and simultaneously selfish, here's what I want to say. The report, the way I read it was, um, anybody who was watching Padre games at the end of last year if you were watching on the MLB app, if you were watching on local cable, Channel 4 San Diego, that's going to be the way that you will watch games this year. Correct. And that's according it, to, to the UT, yeah. Right. So that, my hope is, because we really didn't know, and I, I haven't spoken to any of our partners at Cox to find out what they know or if it's in stone, if it's definitive or not. But you got to understand that um, prior to the Padres <laughs> moving from Bally Sports San Diego to Channel 4 San Diego. The fact of the matter is, I'm I'm just being honest about it, that we didn't have that much viewership, you know, on Channel 4 because the other programming around us is not like us, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not sports-related programming. Now, credit to Channel 4 and credit to Cox. They have tried to really do a great job of adding sports content like San Diego State basketball games, uh, occasionally high school football games. So they're trying to add sports to the channel, but you got to understand back in the old days, and I'm talking like the early 2000s, Padres played exclusively on channel four, San Diego, and you had to have the right cable system to, um, to get those games. And, um, and, and channel four was a complete leader way back when in sports programming, I've told the story before. But when the Super Bowl was in San Diego between the Raiders and the Buccaneers in 2002, Channel 4 San Diego did the media day as a television broadcast, and it was only on in San Diego. Now, the NFL Network does it. ESPN does it. I mean, literally, the leaders back then of Channel 4 San Diego created what the NFL Network and what and really what the NFL now does with NFL media day, you know, the week before the Super Bowl. So... My hope is, is that Channel 4 continues to air Padres baseball games for the future, for this upcoming season. I don't know how many, 150, 160. I I don't know, man. I mean, I'm getting greedy now. But the point is, is that last year when the Padre games came on, they would start at what time? Like 6.30-ish? 6.40 would be first pitch, yeah. Okay, so 6.40. And the pregame show that was produced by Major League Baseball would come on at like 6.20-ish? And so there was this gap of time and Cox said to us, why don't you guys do a 10 minute pre pregame show? So it would be the three of us for 10 minutes commercials, then into Mike Pomerantz and Mark Sweeney pregame show, then into the actual first pitch and the game. And I got to say, I'm kind of hoping. And for those of us that are, you know, watching tonight, Cox executives in particular, I'm hoping we bring this thing back guys and girls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, just uh, this was released earlier today. Padres report, Padres pitchers and catchers report on Super Bowl Sunday. So we're very close, boys. There is no dead gap anymore between football season and baseball. What's literally the Super Bowl? February eleventh. February eleventh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'll be there February twenty third. Okay. For the first game. Padres, Dodgers, and spring training. 
Wow. This is in this is in Arizona, not in like South Korea, Correct. right? Correct. Yeah. Or is it North Korea? Which one's a good one? Um, the South is the good one. Okay, gotcha. Wow. All right. South Carolina, North Carolina, dog. Right. All right. All right. Stick around. We got a lot more to get to. <laughs> Let's hope the Padres stay here on Channel Four. All right, everybody. Hey, I want to take a quick time out here at the halftime portion of today's show and talk about a couple of things. First thing I want to talk about is this. For those of you that have already gone on to KaplanandCrew.com to order the new, uh, what we call the death row hoodie. Mm -hmm. What's up, Alex? Let's stop saying that. I don't want Suge Knight coming after us. I don't want Suge Knight coming after me either. But Browner said we are to, you know, sports talk. I'm not even going to say radio. We are to sports talk. What death row is to record labels. We're independent. We're on our own. We ain't listening to the man. We do our own thing. We don't take shit from anybody. All right. So go on to our website, kaplanandcrew.com and get one of these hoodies. I wore mine last week. Everybody complimented it. Everybody loved it. In fact, I must be honest. Um, I got a lot of people that hit me up and go, yo man, hook me up. Even my father. Hey dad, I know you're watching. You're a pain in my ass too. Um, love you. People are hitting me up going, Hey, can you hook me up? Can you hook me up? What we do is we partner with a third party. They, um, produce the hoodie or the t-shirt or the hat or the coffee mug or the fanny pack or whatever product it is. They produce it when you order it. So when you order it, they produce it, then they send it. And then they give us like a tiny little percentage. I'm telling you sometime this month, I'm going to get my bank account's going to get $15 in it from the merch that we sell. We don't make money from this. We just want you to buy the stuff and wear the stuff so that you can be a brand ambassador out there on the streets for us, which we appreciate, you know? And I'm telling you, we're, we're close. I haven't gotten it all settled yet, but when we have our boat trip with Captain Troy and the Yacht America, I'm hoping that a lot of you guys are going to be rocking our gear. So check us out, kaplanandcrew.com. And one other thing, my guy, Gary Cooper, Mountain Trust Realty Services, I talk about this every day. If you're thinking, how can I buy a house? And by the way, a house doesn't have to be a house. It could be a condo, a home. I want to buy a home. I want to start building equity. I watched Alex and Mar buy their condo in North Park. I know they're up 25% since they bought it. You know what? Those guys are going to have that condo. They can either sell it and make money and move it into something else. They could hold it and rent it and make money from that and use the equity to go buy something else. You've got to get into the home ownership game at some point. Go to Mountain Trust Realty, use that QR code or call Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299, 858-376-1299. There are programs for people who don't have the cash for a down payment, but talk to Gary. He can tell you so much more. All right, let's get back to it. All right, great friends. Hey, Wednesday afternoon, Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. And uh, for those of you that are just joining, like I said, my phone started buzzing this morning at 6 a.m. And people asking me about uh, the reports that my boy Van Pelt was fired by the Browns. I've spent the first hour of the show today just kind of going off on the whole thing. And I feel a hell of a lot better. I do. I feel a whole lot better right now, uh, now that we've done that. I'll tell you what doesn't make me feel better, though, is uh, these reports that Jim Harbaugh is going to become the coach of the Chargers. <laughs> because I've been, I've been saying from day one, A, I, I, I'm predicting that Harbaugh goes back to Michigan. And two, um, if he does leave for the NFL, I just don't see him going to the Chargers. And every time Alex posts a, a clip from the show on social media where I'm explaining, and by the way, I don't really think I'm going off on the Chargers. I'm just telling you, I think that, that Harbaugh is returning to Michigan. 
But every time Alex posts one of those clips, it's just like the five or six Charger fans that are existing out there that come after me on Twitter. And they're like, mm -hmm. we're going to light you up when Harbaugh takes that job with the Charger. We're going to light you up. Okay, light me up. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I still don't think it's going to happen. I know that ESPN had a report that uh, I shouldn't say a report. It was just more like an opinion piece. Like it they was, think, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, could you? It was uh, a prediction piece. Yeah, that ESPN wrote who's going to end up where. Mm -hmm. And for the Chargers, they said a uh, prediction: Jim Harbaugh. There's a ton of smoke around the situation. Harbaugh is known to be a fan of the Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. The Chargers are a team desperate for both attention and wins as they work to establish foothold in L.A. Unless Michigan can entice Harbaugh to stay put, this feels like the most likely landing spot. For the one-time 49ers coach, the Chargers are also looking for a GM. Um, yeah, so I think that that's, that is that is where a lot of people are, are, are leaning. Uh, Mike Florio was on um, the 1090s earlier show, Rich Eisen, and Florio said, Harbaugh wanted the job last year, but they didn't have then it didn't end up opening, so he never interviewed there, obviously. So that interest from the Harbaugh side has been heavy for at least two years now. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are sending me pictures on Twitter of when Jim Harbaugh was uh, ending his playing career and he was doing it um, in San Diego mm -hmm. and he was a charger quarterback. I don't know what year that was. I'm, I'm guessing it was probably like 94. 596 ish i'm just kind of kind of piecing it all together yeah. um but probably the mid to latter part of the 90s jim Harbaugh. oh really 2000 yeah wow but he what did year? play in 2001 with the lions and panthers really yeah well if since you're looking at it i mean harbaugh's career just just run through it as a player like what year he went into the nfl from michigan 87 93 bears Okay, so he 94. starts with the Bears, and he I, and I just real quick, I remember those Bears years. Browner, I'm sure you can remember Ditka, Coach Ditka, just just on the sidelines, bawling out Harbaugh. You know, like cursing I can see out. it, right? Cursing him out every other every other pass, cursing him out. <laughs> All right, so Harbaugh uh, starts with the Bears, and he's and he's with Coach Ditka. Yeah, yeah. What year? And then he go, 87. 87. He didn't uh -huh. play in 87, but. Uh, 87 to 93. Okay. So he and was, so, he, so Harbaugh was coming to the bears after Jim McMahon. Okay. Yes. He was a starter in 1990 though. And he started for four years for the, and bears. then he went, yes. And then he went to Indy. What, what, year, did he, what, year, what year did he leave the bears? 93 was his last year. 93. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think of my own timeline because in 1990, I'd say 94, I was in training camp with the bears um, I want to say it was 94. Wanstead's the head coach. Wani. The quarterbacks are like Eric Kramer. Wani loved practice, man. And, and Steve Walsh are the are yep. the quarterbacks. Correct. And and Wanstead had said to me, because Wanstead was a pit guy, and Wanstead said to me, Look, he goes, you know, the, the kicker we have here is is um Kevin Butler. And he's like the last remaining holdover player from the 85 Super Bowl team. Mm -hmm. And we're, you're going to have a legitimate chance to make this team. You're going to have a real shot. And Butler was a little bit older, and I was younger and stronger. Um, but Butler was well-established and had a great career. And um, obviously, I don't have to tell you, I didn't make that team. What? Um, yeah. Uh, got cut in training camp. Got cut way too early and just got so angry. Got so pissed. And just that's when I started my radio career. Literally. Were you missing? No, it was not that at all. It's that um, we'd gone through the off-season conditioning program. And, um, the, the first day of training camp, 
was uh, you, you had to pass a conditioning test. And what they did is they made you run, um, I think it was 10 110 yard sprints. Maybe it was more, maybe it was 20. I don't remember the exact number. So you had to run a 10, 110 yard sprints and they mm -hmm. broke it up in, in, you know, positions like, so the offensive lineman, defensive lineman, um, it was like quarterbacks, kickers, tight ends, let's say, right. Or no quarterbacks running, running backs, tight ends, kickers. I don't know why kickers even had to do it. Right. And, and I spent my whole well, summer chase somebody after you kick it blocked. Well, I was, I, I spent my whole summer worrying, like stressing about this, this test. I could, because if you didn't pass it in the afternoon practice, you had to do it twice. So if you had to do oh. 10, one tens in the oh, afternoon, God. you'd have to do 21 tens. Right. No. So, so, um, Rashawn Salam had just been drafted by the Brown. Shout out to Rashawn Salam, Hoya Country Day. R.I.P. My brother, um, Rashan mm -hmm. Salam, University of Colorado. I was always around these like pothead quarter uh, running backs. Like when I was in, when I was with the Chargers, it was Natron Means. When I was with the Bears, it was Rashan Salam, and everybody loved their weed back then. And that was long before weed is what, what weed is today. So shout out Tory. Yeah, shout out to Tory Holistics and California Holistics. Our promo code is Better Bud. So, so um, I remember saying to Rashan Salam, I said, "Listen, man." I said, I'm going to run right next to you during these conditioning tests because um, he's going to just cruise. He, he's running striders. Me, full-ass sprint. Rashan Salam is in like one of those old school, like rubber kind of like uh, sweat tops so that he could sweat the weed out. And me, bro, I'm in a jock strap, and that's it because I can't have anything else holding me down and slowing me down, right? Mm. And Rashan Salam would just stride. I'm very upset that that visual is now in yeah. my head. Right. He oh. just stride. My man would just stride. No problem. And me, I'm giving it everything I got, man. Yeah. Ass just everywhere all over the field. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and all I wanted to do was pass this goddamn conditioning test. Right. So, <laughs> so the, the test ends, right. I passed the test. Uh, thanks to Rashan Salam. Shout out my brother and RIP. And um, there are so many super athletes on these, you know, these NFL teams, guys who have like 3% body fat. Right. Well, right. don't you know, that some of these guys, and I'm not talking about stars, I'm talking about guys that are backup players or guys that are struggling to make the team. They're like, you know, 3% body fat linebacker types. And, you know, the next thing you know, they're injured because of the, because of the test. And uh, Wanstead calls me into his office that afternoon. He goes, listen, I got some bad news. I go, like what, what kind of bad news? I passed the conditioning test. We haven't, you know, his training camp is getting underway. What kind of bad news could you have for me? Right. Uh, we got to let you go. We got to cut you. I go, what? What do you mean? What do you mean cut me? Because it's my third yeah. training camp. And this is like the one that I actually thought I really had a chance to make the team, even though uh -huh. like in the back of my mind, I was like, it's too goddamn cold here, man. I'll never be able to play here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so Juan says like, I'm sorry, man, this guy got hurt today. This guy got hurt today. We got to go get another backup linebacker. We got to go sign another guy. We got to let you go. And I was like, come on, man. Really? Come on, Dave. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. You what made me do? do this stupid ass test and you're not going to cut me. Like, could you cut me before the damn test? He's like, right. well, the test is what got people hurt. And that's why we got to sign new bodies. You're the low guy on the totem pole. You're the free agent undrafted kicker. We got to let you go. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what happened. So I was just trying to do the, the timeline because Harbaugh was not the quarterback anymore. It was Eric Kramer and Steve mm -hmm. Walsh. Cause I spent my whole summer training with Steve Walsh down in Florida at my high school. Um, and the Bears had went through a lot to get Eric Kramer too. They paid Eric Kramer a lot of money. He got snapped in half, like his back got broken. And I want to say, like the year before that, that year before they had made the playoffs. Like there were like some mm -hmm. real expectations. Okay, mm -hmm. so so Harbaugh went from the Bears 
with Ditka, and then he went to the Colts. And then, you know, Colts, he had a coach named Ted Marchabroda, uh, where he was called Captain Comeback. And the reason I remember so much of the Harbaugh Colts years is because by this time now, what year is this, Alex? 94 to 97. Okay, so now I'm living in Pittsburgh after um, I've been let go by um, – I'd gotten cut by the Chargers. I went back to Pittsburgh. I was working on a TV show called Steelers 94. And I can remember being at a Steelers-Colts game where Harbaugh may have had like a big comeback in that game. But my my college teammate, Tony Saragusa, was on those Colts teams before he went to the Ravens and became you know a star – with Ray Lewis and the, the Ravens defenses and went on to a Super Bowl. Okay, so Harbaugh goes from Chicago yeah. to Indy, and then what happened? Fascinating. I was in third grade. Uh, yeah. Then he goes to Baltimore for a year, mm-hmm. and then he goes to San Diego for two, and then Carolina. Did he, did he, did he do anything with the Chargers? I don't – what he years were those? Started, he started 17 games, right? In, no. In what, in what years? 99, 99 and 2000. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Went 6-6 six and 0-5. Six and Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Mm. That's right. Mm. Well, there's so many predictions out there that Jim Harbaugh is going to become the Chargers head coach. I'm going to hold on to my prediction because I've come this far with it. I might as well hang on to it, right? Um, I still think Harbaugh is going back to Michigan. I think the report, Alex, that you uh, gave us yesterday that uh, you know was being reported that Harbaugh is trying to – he's essentially trying to negotiate language into his Michigan contract that if he were to be let go by Michigan due to any sort of NCAA kind of infractions slash investigations, mm-hmm. that rather than Michigan being able to fire him essentially for cause and not have to pay him, that he would get paid out. Yeah. Um, and then today or last night, this comes out that he interviewed with the Falcons as well. And I said yesterday, it's interesting that no one else is talk to him, but there you go. The Falcons interviewed Jim Harbaugh yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whether it's leverage or whether it's real interest, he's, he's going through the the rounds again and the Falcons, they're not, they're not messing. I love the Falcons, what they're doing. Like I wouldn't even waste my time with a coordinator from the Falcons and Arthur blank ever. I'm going to bring in Bill Belichick done. I'm going to bring in Jim Harbaugh done. You know what? Why don't you bring in Pete too? see what he's got. (laughs) Yeah. Does anybody yeah. here think Harbaugh is getting, or, or do, let me rephrase it. Does anybody here think that Harbaugh and the Chargers happens? No. No, I think I say, all the smoke screen. <laughs> I'll say it like this, and I said it before. If not for him, then for who? Like, if you don't spend the money on him, then you ain't never going to spend the money, ever. Does your aunt have they ever? No. No, but I'm Will saying ever? like no. if you're really truly truly trying to do something different, like you said in the written interview on chargers.com, if you really are truly trying to 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 tell your fan base we are going to do something different and something big now. This is your chance. And if you don't do it, you will never do it ever. I listen, what I other like, honestly, I, what other coach out there in this coaching market when has a situation like this ever presented itself to a team in such dire need to make such a splash with the quarterback ready? When has this situation ever happened for any organ any organization in the history of the NFL? Like yeah. you have the quarterback, you're in the market, and now you get to get a chance to get the coach. When right? have they when have they ever done anything? 
No, Browner, I'm not talking about smart what they, that you saw I, coming. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you, and I can, I sense what you're coming at me. What I'm trying to say is something different. What I'm trying to say is if they're truly, truly going to do something, this is the time to do it. And if they go and they get Brian Callahan, then it's all the same stuff, and it's going to be the same thing forever, officially. Right. Listen, I hear what you're saying, and this is why I, I've said it um, a couple couple days ago, and I know you put it out on social media, and I, I was surprised how many people kind of came at me, but the Chargers have find themselves in an absolutely desperate situation. I mean, analyze it. Think about it. You ready? The Rams were not considered a playoff team going into the season. The Rams had a really, I'll call it a magical run in the second half of the season. When you're three and six and you make yourself a, a playoff team, and then the storyline of going into Detroit and losing by only a point. I mean, it was a crazy run. And I'll say something else about the Rams. Unlike the year they won the Super Bowl, the Rams, that that Rams Super Bowl team had no connection to L.A., none. Yeah, yeah, none. Because Stafford was in his first year. Um, Odell Beckham came and went. Vaughn Miller was, you know, a rented player. And while Jaylen they... Ramsey. Right. While they tried, they tried to connect with L.A. Um, because they won the Super Bowl in their home stadium. It, it really never turned into what I perceive to be an emotional connection with the city. However, I also think like them switching stadiums that year, there were a lot of new fans came because of the stadium. A yeah. lot of new fans came because it's like the new thing to do in L.A. It wasn't like this deep rooted old school Rams fan base. Like I'm sure there was, but you're, you're right. I don't think there was this huge emotional connection even if you look at the parade it's like a, a tenth of what the lakers would ever do or right. like you know like you know don't even get me started on what the dodgers would do if they got to do a parade too right so right so so but this year's team this year's rams team while the chargers were failing when they were considered a, a playoff contender a championship contender while the chargers were falling apart while the chargers were firing their coach and firing their general manager when all of these failures were happening around the chargers their quarterback gets hurt etc cetera, etc cetera, the Chargers are going down. The Rams are going up. And the Rams, not only up on the field, but I'm telling you, off the field, like this was the first Rams team since they're back that that the community connected to. And it's because Stafford's now been your established quarterback. McVay has been committed to your franchise. Puka Nakua comes from out of nowhere. Kyron Williams, same thing. They're, they're sort of underdog kind of guys that you could latch onto. And so the Chargers right now, and I said this last week, and this is why I don't understand why everybody was so pissed at me about it. The Chargers are more desperate now than ever before. So what we expect them to do is be cheap. And what we expect them to do is go hire a first-time head coach who's an offensive or defensive coordinator and, and really just follow the pattern that they've done over and over and over again. Mike McCoy, uh, even before that, retreaded Norv Turner. Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley. We expect them to do that, but but now would be their time to to buck the trend right. and say, we'll spend the 12 million, the 14 million, whatever it takes. We'll spend the money because Jim Harbaugh not only probably makes you a much, much, much better football team, but Jim Harbaugh makes you relevant in Los Angeles, comparable and in the league. Right comparable to Sean McVay and the Rams. And here's who they've interviewed so far. There's a long list. It's all been confirmed. This is from the Chargers themselves. 
Uh, yesterday, Brian Callahan, Bengals offense coordinator. Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan head coach. Leslie Frazier, who was not in the NFL last year. Mike McDonald's the Ravens defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator. Todd Munkin, the Ravens offensive coordinator. Patrick Graham, the Raiders defensive coordinator. And their own offense coordinator, Kellen Moore, and their own interim coach, Jeff Gibsmith. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, let me do this. Let me have a minute. Though. I like Brian Callahan to be there. You do? Yeah. Why is that? Younger offensive coordinator coming from a place that worked with a quarterback at you know similar level in Joe Burrow. Cheap, first time. Told fits yesterday fits that the was mold. The guy. Probably say guy. yes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, John. Yeah. Whatever you say, Johnny. Yeah, because see, like the thing is, if they ever, if if the day comes and the miracle happens and they do get Harbaugh, that to me screams another 49er situation where like we're gonna have some pretty good success for three or four years, and then you're gonna get tired of me pretty quick. All right, like, let me do this. The 49er, 49er ownership thinks they were over it. Yeah. We just have one minute here to talk about our friends at prize picks. Prizepicks.com slash great friends, prizepicks.com slash great friends. Um, a lot of you guys have asked us if we would put up on the screen how we navigate prize picks. So we'll go ahead and put it up on the screen for you right now, because here's the thing, Browner, you're going to love this. Um, I got some new notes from our friends at prize picks yesterday. And here's something that is really amazing. Um, you could now win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. So in other words, you could turn $10 Browner into a thousand dollars. I know you like to play a little bit more exotic. I know you like to put together Lots of, of different players. Me, I'm I'm pretty simple. I take two players. I decide more or less. And I usually play it three to one. I play to win three times my money. But you can now turn $10 into $1,000. And with basketball season and the NFL postseason here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. And that's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. So you could take like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made and receptions. And all of a sudden you can win a lot of money. A lot of money. This week on prize picks, um, I haven't made all my decisions yet, but I'm definitely going all in on, on NFL playoffs. I mean, that's, that's where my money is going this weekend. So um, listen, right now, the deals are better than ever before. Ten bucks could possibly turn into a thousand bucks. You just got to know your guys and you got to know your games. And um, and good luck to everybody. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. They match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. And you can use our QR code. Brown, you ready to make some money this week? Listen, I made some money last night. They also added a new feature where you can see how many people are wagering in on certain people. They put some cash in there. See, for me... For me, this is me against Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. This is me against Jokic. I'm one-on-one with them, okay? I ain't, I ain't the team. It's me against them. You, you ready to take the court? You got some game? Show me you got some game. Come on. Come on, put, your, put it up against me because I'm up against them. This is my version of going one-on-one. -on -one. This time, Kevin Garnett ain't going to block me out of bounds. <laughs> um, let me tell you guys something, you know, they've made things even easier for you. So like, if you want to make a deposit into your prize picks account, you can now use Apple pay, which is really, really helpful. So, um, and it's available in California. Always that, like to say that that's which is most important, by the way. that's yep. one of the, the biggest keys. I mean, I know we got a lot of listeners in Cleveland today. I know we got a lot of, a <laughs> lot of viewers in Cleveland today, but in California, we can play prize picks, prizepicks.com slash great friends, prizepicks.com slash great friends. And again, for those of you that are watching, wherever you may be. Use our QR code 
on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. All right, coming up, um, San Diego State has a really, really big basketball game tonight. Um, I want to get into that, so stick around. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. This is Kaplan and Crew. Hey, great friends. Wednesday afternoon here on Kaplan and Crew. Got Grande and the Brown Man. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. Seems like uh, the NFL and the coaching carousel has dominated the middle part of today's uh, show and this week. Um, we'll get into San Diego State basketball coming up in just a matter of moments. Before we do, you know, um, there was a, a video that was going around yesterday that went viral that uh, was really just cracked me up. I could not help but laugh. Did you guys see the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? There was a female reporter and she was, and I, I'm only mentioning that she's female because you can hear her voice and I'm not, you know, she just, she made a, she made a terrible mistake. I mean, I've seen these kind of mistakes happen before. Um, do you guys remember years ago? I don't, I don't remember who the reporter was, but she was on like a Fox broadcast. And I want to say, um, as, as I'm trying to remember this story, um, one of the coaches is like coming off the field. It may have been like Mike Singletary and this young female reporter says to Mike Singletary, something like, Hey coach, uh, what about this guy and that coach? And, and like, and the coach that she was referring to was actually deceased. Mm. <laughs> and, and the coach had to look at her and he's like, um, he's dead. So he's not, do you remember that? Do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't, I really don't. Oh my God. It was, it was like the most uncomfortable cringe worthy sort of moment. Uh, as a broadcaster, I wish I could remember who the, the female reporter was. And I'm trying to remember who the, the coach was. I'm almost sure it was Mike Singletary and I'm almost sure they were talking about former great 49er coach, Bill Walsh, I think. And it was this uh -huh. cringy sort of thing where she mentions the coach, you know, and, and he's like, no, dude, he's, he's, he's dead, you know, a long time already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was so bad. Oh, are you, I can see your brain working. Are you, are you like trying to Google I'm this? trying to find it. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so bad. It yeah. It was so bad. I'm, I think it was Singletary, but anyway, um, yesterday, there was this um, press conference and their interview. Oh, it was Danielle. Danielle Sargent okay. asked Mike Singletary in 2007. Um, she asked, what advice did deceased uh, Bill Walsh gave him before the game? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how this stuff is in my memory, I don't really know. Today is 2024 and that's a long ass time ago. And Danielle Sargent, I don't I don't know whatever became of her career, um, but. I'm telling you, she's, she's sitting there and, she, and I'm so um, yeah, Singletary is the coach of the 49ers. I think he's coming off the field at halftime or maybe it's a pregame interview. Hey coach, um, what, what advice did you get from former 49er great coach Bill Walsh? And he's like, well, uh, none. Cause he's dead for like a long time already. You know, is it, <laughs> you watch, are you watching? It right I can't now? find it. I know it got pulled. This is just a very old, this is from 2008. And the, I guess the video got taken down or whatever, but yeah, uh, I think yeah. Fox. I would, have, her, I would make sure that video got taken down too. Yeah, I think Fox may have buried it. But here's here's a somewhat similar circumstance. So the uh, Buccaneers are getting ready to go play the Detroit Lions, right? And um, the reporter asks the Buccaneers coach 
about preparing for the weather and the conditions because we've all saw what happened in Kansas City. We all saw what happened in Buffalo. And Detroit is a cold weather, bitter cold, Midwestern kind of city. But they play inside of a dome. Mm. Let's take a look and listen. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. What a oh. what a pleasant what a pleasant man that man what, is right what there. What a sweetheart. <laughs> what a doll, right? Like what an angel of a guy. At some point, at some point that woman's credential has to be revoked. Well, I mean, that's, no, that's this a bad, is that's a bad question. No, think about think about be, her she's colleagues. Be the first question at every press conference. Yeah, really. Think about her colleagues. Think about everybody looking around going Right. Girlfriend. Right. You're going to ask him about playing in Detroit when Ford Field is a dome. You don't for a while. You right. You don't know, but that, that the Detroit Lions prior to playing in Ford Field, they played in the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan, which was also indoors. Your entire life, girl, the Detroit Lions home has been indoors. Have you seen the Lions play on Thanksgiving? Perhaps. Are you, you sure? Know, sometimes. Here's the thing. You know, sometimes. And Scott, you know this. When when a football team advances, more reporters start showing up that don't work in sports. You know, more reporters start showing up that are just like, this is the first time I'm ever talking to Todd Bowles right now. Like, so I will say she's probably not a sports reporter. Mm-hmm. And I would say this if it's a guy, by the way, too. Like, if it's a dude asking this question, I'd be like, this dude's probably the weather guy. They're not the definitely not the weather guy. You know, this guy's like this. This is what happens, man. The more when we go to Radio Row, it's not just sports people in there. It's all kinds of weirdos in there. So this that's what happens. The more you, you know, what the man. easiest thing you can do though, if you're her, small amount of research, just a little bit, just a little she bit. Did. Well, no, she but did they, she probably saw what it was in Kansas City? She right, probably she, saw what happened in Buffalo. She's like, dang, Detroit, that's got to be cold too, right? right. Look at the imagine? weather. Oh, right. it's freezing her in Detroit. Right. 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 Her, her research yeah. is she used the weather app on her iPhone <laughs> yeah. to find out that it's cold in Detroit rather than yeah. going, hey, you know what? Um, Because she probably prepared, like, I got one chance to ask a question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him about the weather. Girl. Man, listen, Ty Bowles, you're a good man, brother. He is a good man. He is a good you're man. A good man. That's a I'd good man. I that woman out the room. Don't waste yeah. my time. Yeah. Don't waste my time. I mean, listen, Mike Tomlin the other day, a a uh, professional female reporter asked Mike Tomlin a very legitimate question. You got one year left on your contract. You know what 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 is you know the status of that going to be? And Mike Tomlin picked his ass up and walked out of the press conference. Now, granted, it was right after the game; he was probably all pissed off. But um, you know, Todd Bowles, brother, you are a sweetheart. You're a good that man, was brother. very, very You're nice of you. Man. Now, what happens to her when she goes back to wherever she goes to TV station, uh, radio station, uh, whatever publication? What, what happens? Like, do they go, girl, Nothing. what are you doing? They'll laugh Nothing about happens. it. Yeah, they laugh They'll about laugh. it. Because now she... they know they shouldn't have sent her in the first place. Yeah, hopefully she laughs about it. Because it's like, whatever, it's no big deal. It's pretty bad. And you, It's very bad. But it's also hilarious, and this is why yeah. I love press conferences. Same. See, Brown, you tried to get us yeah. to not ever have press conferences. See, brother, you're yeah. wrong, dog. 
You know how much oh, content no. press conferences is given this year? Like Mike Tomlin yesterday, you just said it. Like Brandon Staley all year long. Oh, yeah, I'll tell great. you what the story is. Right. <laughs> you listen to me. I'm smarter you than you. To me. And once Harbaugh becomes a Chargers coach, that's going to be endless at press oh, yeah. conferences. Yeah. God, I don't. If if Harbaugh becomes a Chargers coach, not only will I have the egg on my face, which was you know that I think he's going back to Michigan, um, but moreover, you know I love Jim Harbaugh. I, I love this man. So you going yeah. back? No, I still will not go back. I still will not go back. No, I will not go back. I will. I will. Um, I will watch. I will observe. I will not root for Jim Harbaugh's downfall, but I will not root for the Chargers' success at the same time. But that's. But that's. I'm still maintaining my prediction. Harbaugh goes back to Michigan. God, I hope I'm right. Okay. I really do. All right, let me uh, let me talk about a couple other things here. It's Kaplan and Crew on a Wednesday afternoon. This segment being brought to us by our friends at PrizePicks, prizepicks.com slash great friends, prizepicks.com slash great friends. You can now turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps, okay? It's really easy gameplay. It's very easy to withdraw your money. Um, all you got to do is look at the players, look at the stat options, and um, PrizePicks is really the only daily fantasy platform uh, where you can do all this kind of stuff. So check them out. Prizepicks.com slash great friends have been great partners to the show. And for those of you that are already playing, we appreciate it. And for those of you that have not yet played, they match your first deposit hundred percent up to a hundred bucks. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. All right, Alex, listen, Yeah. Um, we have relied on you to keep us up to speed all season long with the San Diego state basketball team. Yeah. And, um, tonight a big game because coming yeah. off a loss on national TV, at the pit at New Mexico, um, it's a tough place to play. But San Diego State went from you know starting to climb back up in the ratings and the rankings to now all of a sudden being outside of the top twenty-five. And tonight is a big game because it's against a quality opponent. So set us up if you could. Yeah, tonight they are hosting at Vieja Serena, Nevada. Nevada's fifteen and two. They haven't really played a uh, a, a packed schedule. The Wolfpack has not played a plat a packed schedule. They've been a pretty easy schedule so far. They uh in conference they've been Fresno State Air Force. They did just lose to Boise their last time out. The Aztecs are six and a half points favorites. Tip off tonight, eight p.m. CBS Sports Network. Okay, all right. I'm going to be watching that game because uh, I have a, an early dinner tonight. I must tell you guys. Oh. I have an early dinner tonight with. The big old rascal himself, Billy Ray. Oh, yeah. You nice. talk about that. I had over the holidays, um, I had this dream that um Billy Ray and like I, Martin Luther King? Not not exactly like Martin Luther King's dream, okay. but I had this. I woke up and I had this dream that Billy Ray and I were going to an event that Gary Cooper from Mountain Trust Realty Services was throwing. <laughs> I don't know why all these things were combined in this dream. I don't know what the psychoanalysis is of this dream. Uh, by the way, Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299. 858-376-1299. You want to buy a house? You want to buy a condo? You want to sell? You want to cash out? You're trying to figure this thing out? You talk to our guy, Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299. And for those of you that are watching, you can click on that QR code. But I had this dream that Billy Ray and I were supposed to go to this event for Gary Cooper. And I, at the last minute told Billy Ray that I could not go. 
And mm -hmm. I told him that he needed to go on his own. And then I kind of was like, wait a second, you know, he's not going to be able to find where he's going. He needs me to help him. He, you know, he's not, he's going to, he's going to show up five hours early because he doesn't know where he's at. Cause you know, anybody who remembers, you know, 2017, 18, 19, we were all kind of giving him crap about it back then. You know, like Billy Ray, the show's on the air at three. Why are you here at like nine? You know, <laughs> like we were always giving him a hard time about it, you know? And, uh, and back then he was joking. Like, well, I was hitting the head too many times. It was a, it was an ongoing joke for many years. Not so much a joke now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I had this dream and then I, my son said to me, he goes, well, have you seen Billy Ray recently? I said, I haven't seen him in a, a little while. It's been a bit, you know? And he said, well, you know, you really ought to go visit with him. And I said, you're a thousand percent right. I missed the hell out of him, you know? And, um, so I was talking to his wife, Kimberly, and I think she, I don't know, man, I don't watch local news, but I don't know if she's been on or she hasn't been on. Cause I think she had like some kind of a hip replacement type surgery or something. I'm not exactly sure. So this is like the first night that me and Rachel and Billy Ray and Kimberly are all going to have a chance to catch up tonight. So uh, stay tuned on social media. I'm sure I'll post nice. some pictures, you know. Where are yeah. you guys going? What time? Um, you want to come? Room for six. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. I got, I'll get a table for six right now, Jack. <laughs> I, made, I made a recommendation. Say hello for me, though. I will. I made a recommendation to them um, as to where we should go. I said it will be quiet there. And so we'll have, we'll have plenty of room. We'll be able to spread out and the food is off the charts. So okay. let's go there. PCG. No, not P no, that's PCG <laughs> will be, P listen, you know, I love PCG and yeah. shout out to my guys, Steve and Phil um, and everybody over at PCG, but PCG is packed. You know what I mean? Um, this place I'm taking them to tonight is a little off the beaten path and uh, will not have the crowd. Gotcha. So you want to be bombarded with autographs and pictures by the well, people it, well yeah i mean people see billy ray and kimberly in a in a restaurant you know they're gonna be like uh can we come up take a picture can we come up and have an autograph you know and and me they're gonna be like who, who are you guys with who are these two you know <laughs> like it always was <laughs> unless you're uh, in a small town in the middle of california at a diner eating a dry burger then you're well right you can yeah. notice, and, you right unless i'm in if i'm in, if i'm in adelanto you know, you then, then it's, I decide to stop at a local place as opposed to the McDonald's across the street. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I'm, then I'm, uh, then that's the situation. Um, okay. So just back to San Diego state here for a quick second. So the game is tonight, eight o'clock yeah. CBS sports network. And, um, and this oh. is kind of one of those games where look, at least you're, you're in conference, you're facing a quality opponent. You, you mentioned yeah. that they haven't had like a really rough schedule, but they are still, they have a really good record. And if, and if you lose this game at home, this is when people start to dissect your record at the end of the year. Who'd you beat? Yeah. Who'd you lose to? Where were you? Were they in conference? I, I hate to say it like this, but they've got to win. I'm not calling it a must win, but they got to win this game tonight. Let's let Brian Dutcher tell you how difficult this game and the Mountain West is going to be this year. Okay. Mountain West is going to be real hard all year. We all know that. And uh, coming off a hard game at the pit in New Mexico, we come back with 15-2 and two Nevada. Now they're going to be ornery, too. They're coming off a home loss to Boise. And this league is going to be uh, a hard grind all year. And obviously, after this, we go to Boise, and we know what that will be. So uh, that's the good and the bad of the Mountain West. Hopefully, it allows us all to build some kind of resume uh, like these power leagues do when they knock each other off and still find a way to get four or five teams in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Keep pounding that drum, Brian Dutcher. Yeah, right. Keep on. pounding that that that. This is what the happens in the Power Five conferences. This is what this is what happens in the Big Twelve. This is what happens in the ACC. They all beat each other, 
But if you're good, you're good. And in the Mountain West, I'm not comparing, you know, Kansas to freaking Colorado State or anything. But I'm saying is sometimes the Mountain West does have a good top four, top five teams. We've seen it in years past where they get like four teams in the in the tournament and then all four of them lose in the first round, but they're still good enough to get in. This could be one of those years where they're all good enough to get in. And the Aztecs, you know, they they got to maneuver their way through somehow. I don't know if they're going to finish with just one loss in the Mountain West. I doubt that very much. But I think the Aztecs, if Jaden Ledee doesn't have a bad performance, I think they're good enough to beat every team in the Mountain West any night. What do you think, Brown? You watching tonight? Uh, there's a heavy NBA schedule tonight. I'll check in. It's <laughs> yeah. DVR, so I'll get it. Yeah. Hey, are there? Can we um? Can we can we play um any of these? I'm I'm sure we can. I I just have never done it. Um, can we play San Diego State tonight uh, uh, in Prize Picks? Just gotta look for it. I don't know. Yeah. Question. I'm yeah. Sure let me see here. Uh, while you guys look for that, while you guys look for that, do you know what I did last night? Let me tell oh, you guys man. what I did last night. Okay. Related to San Diego State. Okay. For years. When the Chargers were trying to build the stadium, what did we always hear about Mission Valley? That that the city wanted what along with the stadium, a park, a river park, mm-hmm. right? They wanted a river park, and I was always like, "What the that. hell? Who the hell needs a river park in this parking lot?" Mm-hmm. Well, that river park is done, boys. Come on, for real? River, Can you? That river park is done, really? Can... And last night, yeah, I went for the first time. I went yesterday. I've Come been multiple on. times. I'll no tell way. you this. It's fantastic. It's really? amazing. It is amazing. amazing. Okay, wait. It's, just you're gonna have to describe dude, it to me because I'm I'm so, thinking about now where the stadium is. So here's okay, you're gonna show stadium. us video. Okay, we're right I under the trolley stop. It's there. Oh, you're under dude, the trolley. Stop. Right okay. under the trolley stop. I'm okay. to the, if you're looking at the stadium, I'm to the left of the trolley stop, mm-hmm. and it is enormous. It mm-hmm. is clean. There mm-hmm. is playgrounds. There's basketball. There's workout. There's trails. Two miles of trails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I left my there was nobody there, so I let my dog off the leash. Scott, Here, I get it now. I I'm get gonna go, it, dude. I, let me tell you something. Because I didn't know. I literally yeah. did not know that the river park is now like a done deal and it's out there. I am going to make it my business to perhaps maybe Saturday. I'm gonna say to my girlfriend, hey, let's go down to Mission Valley. Can you can you park right there, Alex? Can yeah, you, there's yeah. parking. Okay. There's bathrooms. Well, they weren't open yesterday, but there's bathrooms and there's a parking lot over there. Mm-hmm. I parked in front of the trolley stop. There's like a roundabout where you could park. I parked over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And dude, like there's running trails, there's walking mm-hmm. trails, there's sidewalks, there's a giant open park. Mm-hmm. There's literally a huge playground with like crazy tall things. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called, but I was blown away. And now I'm wondering every time I go to Snapdragon for a game, can I just go? tailgate at that park is that legal here's the it should be wow here's the wild thing about this i was there yesterday and i was saying with kids no i've been there with my kids four different times because i saw it on instagram that it it was like oh this is one of the most this is one of the best parks in san diego i was like what the hell is that then i saw the ikea and i was like that behind the stadium how do you even get in there so once i realized you could get back there without getting access to the stadium it was a hundred people last Saturday at this park between kids and adults. There's a hundred people there. I'm gonna tell you right now. And I was saying this to the person I was with yesterday as we were walking around that. Once that's built, that might be the best part of San Diego. Because if you add into that what's happening at Savita, if you add into that, it's that stadium Savita. being a central place for it's like concerts, the, uh, events, where the old 
on Friars where the old like sand mill used to sand mill is that what it was? But what's the that what is mountain? Sabina? Yeah, it's like a whole yeah. living complex. Oh, like, okay. where there's shops, it's brand new, it, it's legit amazing. apartments. There's Savita Park up. Got it. It's crazy. Didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. So once yeah. once all that is once all that is built from the eight SDSU to the one sixty three, man. Well, think about when SDSU West gets built there when there's like dorm rooms and when there's offices and when there's hotels and there's shops and bars like that scott i was blown away dude like i was blown away i get it i didn't realize how much space was back there Mm -hmm. obviously it was all a parking lot back then so i didn't Mm -hmm. visually think about it yeah but being back there dude i was like damn you know and and real quick yeah real quick they're they're building a garden there where you can grow food and and i guess the garden the people who are building the garden it's going to be a business in North Park, so you can grow the food there and then go to the place where it's actually served to people. Like, it, it's a lot of cool things happening there. Wow. You definitely got to check it out. Okay, I, I will. Shocked. I will. Hey, there you go. You know, that that is uh, that's going to be I'm going to qualify that as our Toriolistics highlight of the day. Use our promo code better bud and you'll save 20 percent since you're talking about a garden. And you'll save 20% when you go to Toriolistics or California Listic, or you get it for home delivery, or you click on that QR code. Use our promo code. You'll save 20% at Toriolistics and California Listics. All right, radio listeners, coming right back. Going to get back into that Brown situation. For everybody else, let's go get on. All right, as we uh, get into the uncensored portion of today's podcast, um, look, I, for those of you guys that have been with us for the whole show, you know that I was really passionate today about this uh, firing of my boy. It's interesting. I, I went on to ESPN here. This is now you know a couple hours after the fact. And I went to the Browns homepage, and um, the uh, ESPN report says, Alex Van Pelt out as Browns offensive coordinator, quote, proud of my time here. And a reporter by the name of Jake Trotter, must be like the Browns reporter, um, he reports- He's with Jim Trotter. Right. He reports the Cleveland Browns have parted ways with offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. He confirmed to ESPN, quote, on to the next one, he said in a text message, proud of my time here. But the Browns said earlier that Van Pelt remains under contract and no final decisions yet. See, this is what shitty organizations do. Yeah, he's under contract. You fired him. He had a year left to go on his contract. You're going to have to pay him. And I don't know exactly how it works, but if he winds up going and becoming somebody else's offensive coordinator and he makes more that what the Browns were paying him, then the Browns are off the hook. But if he pays, if he's paid less, then the Browns have to make up the difference. They're still going to owe money. And if he decides, you know what, I'm going to sit out for the year, which obviously wouldn't be a great idea. But if he decides to sit out for a year, the Browns are going to have to pay him the whole, the whole, you know, sum of what they owe him. Mm-hmm. So, but we're not talking like head coaching money, like, you know, like, uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett got fired by the Broncos. He probably walked away with twenty five million dollars. It's funny. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. What if? Is there a reunion there for AVP and AR? Don't do that. No, don't do that. Don't do that, man. The don't answer is the answer is the answer is that is possible, but I hope that doesn't happen. Only because I would rather see him get an offensive coordinator play calling job, Correct. rather rather than having to go back to position coaching. Well, and I'm saying like, are the Jets for sure bringing Nathaniel Hackett back? I would I would guess the answer is probably so because Hackett he's Van Aaron Rodgers' coordinator. Well, but no, but so is Van Pelt. Uh, AVP was the OG dog. Yeah, I mean Van Pelt, Hackett, and Luke Getzey, the guy who was just fired by your Bears. Fuck brother, him. 
Well, I'm just saying they're all related. I'm sorry. That was a natural reaction. That's all right. That's all right. It's uncensored, so it's supposed to be. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. All I don't of Scott's mean that. Friends have, all of Scott's friends have personally offended you. You can say these things. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> mind. I don't know that. Listen, the fuck Luke Getzey. That wasn't about Luke Getzey the person. I don't know him. He's probably a good guy. That was about Luke Getzey the play caller and the offensive coordinator. Fuck that version of him. Has he? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's cool as shit. So if I uh, if I got access to Alex's uh, laptop, and I go to Redfin or Zillow, mm -hmm. what cities is he searching for for a house? My guess would be that you know he owns Charlotte. his house. Nah, dude. He, you know, and by the way, it wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened to him. He he happens to uh, he's got some history down in that kind of area. You know, not in. Um, this is why I listen. This is why this is why I keep saying Charlotte. Okay, so a report comes out. I'll make this quick. A report comes out about Bill Belichick wanting to be do a rebuild. Mm -hmm. So when you talk oh, about is that really a rebuild, right? Is that right? There has been a report that's, that that's Belichick. What I saw. Okay, I didn't but know he's, he's more interested in a rebuild, okay? okay? Interesting. So if that be the case, there's only two places where you can do that, Washington and Carolina. Now, we know for a fact that Carolina will pay you, and when it's Bill Belichick, David Tepper will probably then get out of the way. And if Bill Belichick is your head coach and AVP is your offensive coordinator, now you people will look at you – as the offensive guy, because they know Bill don't do offense, and they know he really can't come back with some of these stale people that he had up in New England. So if yeah. you didn't come back, you got Bryce Young, who looked like dog shit last year. You come in there as AVP, you turn him around. He looks more like C.J. Stroud. And you're with Bill Belichick, so eyes will be on you. If you develop an offense on a Bill Belichick staff, bruh, come on, man. People are gonna be falling over themselves to hire you. Yeah, come but on, on man. The, but on the other hand, you know the the Belichick be terrible. The Belichick assistants have been so bad as head coaches that maybe it hurts you. <laughs> the homegrown ones, the ones that are grown from within, he wouldn't be that. Yeah, that's he true. Would, he so was which, brought in because the other ones were terrible. So let him answer the question. Where is he looking? Where is he going? I would, he's been a lie to us. He, no, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna tell you guys this. He's gonna not tell us the truth. No, but tell no, us I'm the truth. He's gonna not tell us nothing. We gotta decrypt the code. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll be straight up for real, homeboy. You ready? Here goes. If I were him, I'd put my Cleveland house on the market because he got a beautiful house in Cleveland. I'm sure he's made a couple bucks in it. Okay, I put my Cleveland house on the market as fast as possible. Home base is Pittsburgh. I mean, that's always been home base, you know, so that you got a big ass farm out in Pittsburgh, which is a no beautiful piece of property. Okay. So what I would do is I'd sell my Cleveland house. Yeah. Home base is Pittsburgh, which it always has been. And then I think I'd be, th here's, I'd be thinking about two things in particular, hometown and home base is Pittsburgh. So Steelers make sense. Plus you'd kind of like to stick it to the, to the Browns. That's number one, but I'm going to tell you, can you pick it? But I'm gonna, but I'm gonna, you know what though, Browner? Um, he did it with Flacco. That's exactly what I was gonna PJ say. PJ Walker, right? He he, Dorian Thompson, Robinson. Right. He he's he <laughs> is a he is he, he is a quarterback whisperer. Okay, but here's JB. Here's, you know, you, death. JB, you know, if you had the chance to go home, you would go home if you had right. that chance. Right. Regardless, plus, of if I had the chance plus, to coach the Chicago Bears, plus let me tell you guys something. I, who's I'm the coach? Be, uh, listen, I'm gonna be a little selfish you, here. I'm, I'm gonna be a little selfish. You ready? My boy Van Pelt goes back to the Steelers. My son just moved to Pittsburgh. Yo, I knew you were going. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
My son. What, goes, what, what my, would we be called? Graduate assistant? No, like a um, like a Ball boy. Uh, no, no. There's an entry level position called a um, uh, quality control coach. Quality control. And we'll, watch all, tape all day. Yeah, you're watching tape. You're cutting tape. You're writing reports for the coaches. You're a do boy. You get coffee for him. and he would, and it would be an entry level coaching job and it would get him through the door. And mm -hmm. I would, and if, if my boy was the offensive coordinator of the Steelers and my son who just moved to Pittsburgh could somehow work inside the organization. And your daughter uh, graduates in May or June, you might live, you might move to Pittsburgh. Well, you're moving to Texas, aren't you? Mm. No, sir. Okay. Well, I'm not moving anytime soon in. either. I'm lying really on this show. Y'all lying today. What the fuck is going on? Y'all just lying. He lying to start the show. You lying to end the motherfucker. You know where I was show. looking? I know you know where I was there. genuinely looking? Tell me. San Antonio. San Antonio. Temecula. 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 Really? not bad. That's the only like affordable thing that is maybe considered Southern California, I guess. Like, I don't For even now. think it's considered Southern California, but. It's, not. it's still drivable it to everything. It is. Let me tell you something. Um, Temecula, Temecula, Southern California. It is Southern California. Dude, listen. Temecula. South remember, Central California. We, we have talked <laughs> about, we've talked about like finding affordable housing. I'll yeah. bet you, I'll bet you, just, just take a guess here. I'll bet you that you could sell your condo in North Park and buy a four bedroom, three and a half bathroom, two car garage, 2,800 square foot house. Mm -hmm. For the exact same price that you sell your condo False. for in North Park. False. Well, it depends how False. much I get for the condo. If I get the highest end, if I like start working on my condo and like start really refining every little tiny detail, yeah, as exquisite as possible, and I get mm -hmm. the highest end okay. market, yep, then I could get a I could get something, but not what you just said. That's okay, the 250s. So you can get something in the 250s in, in Temecula. So if you sold no. your condo, you can get something in the two okay. Wait, wait, 250. Okay, 250. Dude. dude, I think you're out. Yeah. No, I think you're crazy. Dude, that doesn't even get you a freaking branch in California anymore, man. Dude, listen, here's okay. the thing. Right? I was surprised because I actually saw houses in the 600s in Temecula. Here's what I would say to you. That's Temecula. shocking. I'm, I'm going to give you what I think is available. I don't know for sure. I'm going to give you I'm talking about a house. Right. Like, we're not moving to another condo. Right. We're not moving to oh, another townhouse. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A house. Yeah, oh, my bad. If I'm my leaving bad. here, it's for a house. Right. Here's what my I think. Here's what I think you can get in Yeah, yeah, you out of just, just yeah. what I, what I think you can get in Temecula, a three bedroom, two and a half bath, two car garage, twenty two hundred square foot house, for less than eight hundred thousand in Temecula. Oh That's yeah, what I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. That is a fact. Uh, That's what's been eye opening. Even the fact that there are some houses that I would have to put some money into. Not a lot of money, but there's some houses that are in the 500s, the high what end. About, 500s. What about pre-construction? Is there anything that's um that's like that? I, I haven't really looked into that too much. But all I know is that home insurance in California for condos is ridiculously getting high, 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 and they then that's even at all. If, even if they let you, yeah, right. Correct. And then secondly, there is no there is no HOA protection. So if your HOA is just like, hey, cost of living's going up, so our HOA is going up, and our HOA has gone up three times in two years. Yeah, God. like there's no HOA control, so yeah. we're just, dude. I, I it's, listen. It's I don't crazy, know. Dude. Does does Mar can she work remotely or does she have to be in an office? No, she's she's next door. She's right here. Okay, so she does not have to go to the office. Nope, dude. If I were you guys, I'm not bullshitting you. The the beauty of Temecula. First of all, Temecula is fantastic. Okay, there's yeah, a lot. There's a lot there. I mean, the the whole downtown, uh, old town Temecula is great. 
The wineries are great. And I'll just tell you something else, man. Like if you wanted to go to a Padre game, you're not going to go ever. How many Padre games are you going to go to? Six, seven, 10, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, so driving, it, it's a 55 minute, an hour drive from downtown San Diego. And when you drive from Temecula and you head North to go to Oxnard, you will have probably cut off 25 to 30 minutes of yeah, your drive. Like 35, 40 minutes. Right. Cause you're, you're going to go North, but then you got to go West, you know? But but now Temecula is a great location because, you know, L.A.'s an hour and 20, San Diego's an hour. You know, it's it's really, I'm telling you, man, Temecula is a great option. It is. And you know who lives in Temecula? Who's a longtime Toby. great friend? Toby, number one. And um, Avery Martinez. Hmm. And Avery's got a beautiful house in Temecula. If you get off at Temecula Parkway, um, mm -hmm. which is where, like, I think it's, is it Pala Casino? I'm trying to remember which one it is. Um, but if you get off of Temecula Parkway and you head east as you're heading towards, like if you were going to take the, the mountain route to get down to, um, to the desert and to Palm Springs, Palm Desert, um, Avery lives out east um, there. And then if you were to get off Temecula Parkway and go just a little bit east and then start to head south a little bit, I'm telling you, I think it's Pala Casino. Giant parks for kids, beautiful brand new homes, great high schools. I mean, I'm telling you, man, Temecula is awesome. Yeah, we're just looking. It's in the infancy stages. Temecula. But we're not looking in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, I did look because it is ridiculously like cheaper over there. But yeah. yeah. Just yeah. it was just it's just more property heartbreaking tax, than anything. Time, yeah, property taxes, property but it's more tax. heartbreaking than anything. You're like, this is what I get for yeah. that much. <laughs> I know. Dude, I'm even Vegas has gone up super like Vegas. Yes, dude. I started yes. looking. Because mm -hmm. we were very interested in Vegas. We like Vegas. Me too. Uh, not just Vegas the strip, like we like Vegas. And we have family in Vegas. Cousin Nancy's in Vegas all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, when we first started looking, it was like, oh, shit, that's that's crazy. And then now it's like $500,000, too. Like, yeah. it's mm -hmm. not like yeah. some cheaper thing mm -hmm. anymore. I'll tell you one thing, though. I'm driving around, and I'm shocked to see gas stations with gas at $3.99. Like, we're finally seeing gas under $4. Shocking. Election season, election season baby. I guess so. All right, no, listen, let's get that. It was before that, but you're correct. All right, let's get out of here. We're back tomorrow. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And thanks to everybody who hit me up today because you guys were as emotionally invested in the Browns as I was. And I appreciate you feel better. That. I feel great feel because you know what? Okay. Guess what? My day. I'm no longer a Browns fan. Fuck the Browns. I, I didn't, I didn't want to be what, a Browns that's fan. That's what I started the show with. Right. I don't want, I'm not a Browns this is fan good for us. Fuck them. This is good for us. All right, we got to go. I just hope tomorrow. you get hands up with the Chargers. Uh, or the Raiders. No, the Raiders do. The Raiders. The Raiders would be amazing. The Raiders would be amazing. All right, love you guys. Call See Mark you Davis.